Today, this is my last Sunday night as the pastor of the Las Vegas Rescue Mission. And, and I got to tell you that there are, you know, I've got a lot of mixed emotions tonight, okay? Um, because for one thing, since August of 2003, every Sunday night practically, except for a short time when I left for a little bit, I've stood right here. And this spot means a lot to me. So, like I said, there's a lot of mixed emotions. So tonight, I think, instead of just, you know, I'm just going to speak from the Word and we'll just go with that because I think I might get all emotional if I do it any other way. So, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. But, you know, practically since 2003 when I started, I started out in a certain way, right? Those of y'all been here for a while, I think... Um, You've been here since 2003, haven't you, Billy? I think, I think you have. Maybe, maybe Willie Fuller, too. I know certainly Mr. Bob has been here. Okay, so we need to start this thing off the right way. God is good. All the time. Let's take it to him in prayer. Father, we're just thanking you for tonight. Just thanking you for all that you've done in this place and all that you're going to continue to do. I move on, but you, you remain. And you will continue to remain at this spot at Bonanza and D Street where so many people's lives have been changed. Just thanking you so much for, as Bob always prays about, so many years ago, 1970, they declared this was your spot. This is the place where we're going to stake our claim, take this ground, and use it for the glory of God. And we're just going to continue to pray for what you're going to do right here on this place. We're going to thank you for what you're going to do tonight. As we just bring your word a little bit tonight, worship you a little bit, see a couple individuals baptized, and as much as anything, just continue to place this night into your hands. Tonight, this is your night, not mine. We're going to continue to give you all the praise and honor and glory for what you're going to do. And we're just going to continue to thank you for every opportunity we have to maybe share a little something of what we've gained here with somebody else. And we're just going to give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. I would like to go to the book of Acts. book of Acts is kind of one of the books that I've been involved in practically as long as I've been a Christian. I came to the Lord in 1988. It was a long time ago, way back then, way back in the 1900s. And pretty quickly, I was given a task to teach from the book of Acts. Because at the church there was, that I was at, they said, well, there's no better way to learn about the Word of God than if you have to teach it to somebody else. So I started teaching a long time ago. And I started here in the book of Acts. And it just seemed the right thing to do to go to Acts chapter 20 is where we'll be. And in verse 17, I'm going to get a kind of a big piece of Scripture here. If you see the title when you turn there, it's called Paul's Farewell to the Ephesian Elders. So, you'll see why I chose this one. I can't think of a better way for me to go out than to just use how, so, how Paul went out, you know? He just laid out some important things to these people. Now, keep in mind, this is a group of people he spent the longest with. Spent nearly three years with this group of people. He brought up elders and people learned to lead their own churches. That was his goal. And that's who he's speaking to in this little passage. So like I normally do, I'm going to read it through, starting verse 17, Acts 20, verse 17. And just so you know, 
Paul has this absolutely call, a call from God that is just something that he cannot say no to. And I can totally relate to that. And he knows that he must go and go to Jerusalem, even though he knows things might not end up so well. And if you've read the book of Acts, it doesn't go all that well, and he ends up going to prison and staying there for a while and all that. But along his way back to the city of Jerusalem, thank you very much, Terrence Bonner. I should have run that in here. All right. All right, I digress. Okay. Okay. And as he's heading back, going on his way to Jerusalem, he stops at different places where he'd started churches along the way. And he said specifically, he didn't want to go into the city of Ephesus, so he kind of goes around the corner a little bit to this little place called Miletus, and that's where we start. It's a village that's within walking distance to Ephesus, but he said if he stopped in Ephesus, the people are going to want to hold him there. And they're not going to want to let him go. So he's going to go ahead and just kind of go around the corner and, and just kind of lay out his farewell address. Now let's see what Paul has to say. Acts 20, verse 17. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came to the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, and in the midst of severe testing by plots for my Jewish opponents. You know that I've not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught publicly from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus Christ has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among, that none of you among whom I have gone about to preach the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which He bought with His own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will rise, among, will rise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three days I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and the whole word of His grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. And everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of our Lord Jesus Himself, who said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Okay, there's Paul's message. Kind of long. I want to pull out a couple of different phrases from that. One of them is this little phrase in verse 22, verse 22, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what's going to happen to me there. 
And I can tell you from what you have heard me speak about, and I'm still hanging on to that, when I gave that letter of recommendation about 10 days ago, I had no idea what was going to happen. So, and, and people have asked me that. People on staff here who will remain nameless have asked me, how do you do that? How do you just step out not knowing what's going to happen? People have come to me. People have said, well, you know, surely you've got something lined up, don't you? No. When I gave my letter of resignation, I had no clue where I was going and how all this was going to end up. I can tell you one thing has happened since I have talked to you last, which I think would have been like Thursday, a general session or something like that, right? One thing is this morning, the church that I've been going to for a, long, for a little while now has agreed to bring me on staff. So I will be. So I will be the associate pastor of North Point Community Church up in the northern end of the valley. But when I stepped out, I had no idea how that was going to happen. I didn't know exactly what was going to happen as far as that. I know, and you guys know from my being here for a long time, that I just can't not preach and teach. I just can't not do that, right? I've got to have somewhere where I'm talking about Jesus. It's just got to happen that way. Sort of like what Paul says. And let me back up a little bit more. Verse 20. This is something that I kind of live by. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught publicly from house to house. That's something I hang on to. As much as anything. And, I, and you've got to know, I've been praying even about tonight. I didn't know exactly where I was going to go. The truth is, I was toying with a couple of different things and asking God, what do we need to hear? If I, if I only have one more chance, because like Paul says, I might not see any of you ever again. What is the most important thing that I need to say? Paul lays it out, one of the things, whatever would be the most helpful to you, and you know that that's the one thing that has guided me here. Is just simply from morning devotion to Sunday night to Bible studies and everything that I've done. And you've got to know, at one point in time, I had like 12 different things I was doing. There were times when I did every morning devotion. There were times when I taught more Bible studies than I do now. There, were, there have been times when I've done a lot of stuff here. But every time, this was the rule. Whatever is the most helpful. Whatever is something you could take with you. But... If anyone in this room, and that includes some of you coming from way back, hi Lord, some of you that have been coming for a long time, Billy Lane, right? Some of you, the one thing, uh, Mr. Beauvais, way in the back there. All right, some individuals, that have, you, and many people have said to me how much they have learned from my teaching. You have got to know, I don't do this just for you. I've been doing this as long as I have so that you could tell somebody else. And that's one of the things that I want you to kind of keep in mind. You, you know, because he's clearly talking to people who are going to be leaders and things like that. And I want to give that to you as well. I want to give that to you that there's some of you in this room that God may be calling to do bigger things. Maybe some of you are being called upon for positions of leadership and things like that. And all that I would just, you know, give you is it's here. It's the Word of God. That's what it's always been about. And if you've gotten anything from me, my greatest joy is when you give that to somebody else. You've got to know that. So, I have not hesitated to do what I felt was the essential. So then he goes to the next phrase. Love this. 
Verse 21, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. The one thing that I will give you, and I will never stop, is this little idea that one of the things that we absolutely must do, the most essential thing, turning and accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this is supposed to be about. That little word to turn to God in repentance is for us to take a complete... It's like we're walking away from God and we do a complete 180 and we start moving toward God. That is the goal of this whole thing. That's the whole goal of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Turning from the old ways. You've heard me say it before. You cannot, you know, Jesus' words, right? You cannot serve two masters. You cannot have it both ways. You cannot be, you've heard me say this before. We, had, we don't have crack dealers for Christ, okay? Doesn't work that way, okay? Doesn't happen. It's a matter of you turning, asking God for forgiveness, and moving toward God. The other half of that is faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by grace you are saved through faith, not of your works. Amen. It's got nothing to do with us earning our place to heaven. You have got to know, I do not show up here every Sunday since 2003 because I feel like I've got to earn my way to heaven. I've never felt that way. And I want to share that also with you. That's not what this is about. If this is what it's about, if there's some checklist somewhere, then we're missing the whole point of what grace is. So, that's essential. But then, there's more to this. If you skip down, verse 28. This is where it gets a little tricky for us. Because one of the things that Paul wants to lay out to them is, keep watch. Keep watch. Because he says, he says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which He bought with His own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and not spare the flock, even from your own numbers. Now, that is not me laying it down, telling you, okay, after I leave here, you know, God's Spirit goes away and it's on. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am suggesting is there's going to be a tendency from the outside and from within this room for us to be torn apart. And it kind of sounds a whole lot like this. If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, start in verse 10. I want to kind of lay something out to you that will be a temptation. Wednesday is my last day. And I told you before, every class that's on the schedule with my name on it is happening until Wednesday. The last class is Wednesday with the IPs, alright? That will be my final time. And then, but, I'm not saying that Thursday, you know, it all goes away, but listen to the words. Paul has experienced this before. He experienced it in the city of Corinthians. He left Corinth... The city of Corinthians, the city of Corinth. He left Corinth, and then people started to get kind of weirded out. And the enemy does what the enemy loves to do. The enemy wants to use lies to separate and divide. That's what he does. Listen to this. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 10. "I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say that there be no divisions among you, that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. That sounds like a real challenge. 
But I'm telling you, keep reading. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says I follow Paul. Another I follow Apollos. Another I follow Cephas. And another I follow Christ. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a tendency for this kind of thing to creep into this place. There's going to be some of you that are going to be, oh, I follow Pastor Jeff. You know, Pastor Jeff didn't do it that way. Believe me, when I first got here in 2003, there were people that did not listen to what I said because of the pastor that was here before me. Well, I follow that guy. People left because of that sense. And that's not what this is about. If it's only been about me, then maybe I didn't communicate myself well enough. Because it's not about me. It's always been about Jesus. That's the way it's got to be. So whoever stands up here, and to be honest, I don't know who's going to stand up here next Sunday. I don't really know what the plan is exactly. I know they've been talking about it like a rotation. And there will be a rotation of pastors up here until they get somebody to fill the position. I don't know. So what I'm saying is, watch that danger. There's going to be individuals, and some of them you like better, and some of them you won't like as much. And if you're here still when they actually find another pastor, there should not be a division. If we're going to believe in what this is about, then we're going to trust in our leadership here that they're going to do the right thing, bring the right person, and you can't go, well, I follow Pastor Jeff. It can't be like that. Instead, it's about Christ. Keep reading that. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I didn't baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. And so no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. There's part of the deal. So the one thing that you, you, you got to hang on to, you have absolutely my permission. The one thing that I will give you permission right now is if somebody is not coming from the book. Right? right? You can reject that, all right? And then feel free. Feel free to question and ask. Well, where, does, where, where do you find that in the Bible? And I've given you that invitation at every chance I could. That was with me. It's okay. You can ask me. If I'm wrong, if it's not coming from the Word, call me on it, alright? So that's one thing, I'll give you that. But, if we're in agreement, if this is from the Word of God, then there's no division. Don't allow that thing to creep in. Be on your guard. That's the one thing. He says that the enemy's going to come in and want to do that. The enemy loves that kind of thing. Some of you in this room, that may be even what you're thinking right now. Well, Pastor Jeff's leaving, I'm leaving. That's not what I'm looking for. Let me add, do not leave this place until you are absolutely certain that God is calling you. Until you know that it is the time. And you're certain. And He confirms it. And I'm telling you, He's done that in my, in my case. I know. God has confirmed it and continues to confirm it. It is the time. It's time for me to go. But, be on your guard. The other part of this one is, it's time to soldier up. It's time to soldier up. The other part of my story is I was a, a soldier first. I came to Christ as a soldier in the United States Army way back in the 1900s. We had muskets and little funny hats, but no. no. All right. But 
I came to Christ as a soldier, and Paul uses that kind of wording. He says that to Timothy. Endure hardships with us like a good soldier for Jesus Christ. And I understand that concept. I understand what it means. It is now time for you. As I step away, one of the things that we learn as soldiers is to continue the mission. No matter what. If your officers go, if they get taken out, you continue with the mission. Same with you. I'm leaving. Do you know the mission? The mission is what the mission was since He, got, since he brought you here. The mission has been continuously you to follow Him. You follow Christ. For some of us in this room, like I said in the beginning, the idea, the essential, is that we come to repentance and follow Jesus Christ. That's what this needs to be about always. Right? But then, it's now time for, in this time, when it's going to sound a little weird and a little difficult, and maybe a little challenging at times, it's time to soldier up. It's time to stand firm. Do the thing that God has called you to do on this property. Mount up. All right, that's a different thing. Cavalry. Anyway, but I was cav. It's all right. Keep watch over yourselves. The word that Paul uses over and over again, these kind of phrases, says again, kind of looking back at what he said, what Paul was about. He wanted to give the people that he brought into this thing the essentials. I still have one more morning devotion, and I'm gonna, I'll give you a little bit more then. I'll be here tomorrow for person of Jesus. Got a little something there. By the way, if you're not phase one or two, you can still come. Okay. Right. Same thing. Got person of Jesus two on Tuesday. If you're not phase three or four, you can still come. Okay. But for tonight, as we wrap this thing up, I just want you to think about some of the things that we have been talking about tonight. This idea that it's time for us to stand firm. It's time for us to move in the way that God would have us. Because the one thing He brought you to this place, this is basic training. Always has been a time for you to get the equipment and learn what you need to learn. And now it's time for you to go out there and fight the good fight. Whatever that looks like in your life. So today, the last thing connects with that little song that we sang a few minutes ago. Let all the people say, Amen. Remember I told you a couple of weeks back, for those of you that are in morning devotion, there is this idea about the word Amen. The word Amen means so be it. So let it be. For me and my house, it's time for us to say Amen. amen. So be it, Lord. Whatever you're doing, same thing goes for you. It's time for you to say Amen. So let it be, Lord. If Pastor Jeff is not going to be here next Sunday... Amen. So let it be. If Pastor Jeff is not going to be teaching my class next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I will. So be it. If Pastor Jeff is not going to be here in morning devotion, Amen. If Pastor Jeff is not going to be here in general session, Amen. So be it. That's the attitude that we need to have as soldiers for Christ. It's not about me. And the greatest thing you can do, the greatest thing that you can say, Thank you for anything that I've given to you as you go out there and you tell somebody else. Amen. You share the message. That's what I'm calling on you with. Now, I've got to wrap it up. We've got three baptisms tonight, okay? 
Three baptisms. Some individuals wanted to get baptized tonight on my last night, and that's okay. We're going to take care of that in a moment. But what we have to do before is we have to kind of respond to what God has been saying tonight. What is it that He's been saying to you specifically tonight? And the way we respond, I'm not going to ask you to come forward, raise your hands, any of that stuff. I'm simply asking for you to go between you and God and have this discussion. So we're going to do as I have done for years and years here. Close it with prayer. I'll give us a time of silent prayer. And then we'll finalize this thing and we'll sing a little song and then we'll do some baptisms and we'll call it a night, okay? But for now, responding to what He's been saying tonight. Let's take it to Him in prayer. Father, we just want to thank You for what You're saying. We want to thank You for the words of Paul as he stood before this group of people that he knew so well. Moments I feel really similar. I understand Paul's feelings. And I'm thanking you for this opportunity that you've given me for so many years. And I'm praying for what you're going to do in this room in the days and weeks that lie ahead. I leave, but you do not. Your spirit continues on. And we're just going to continue to pray that. That the next individual that's going to follow first, the Word of God is central to everything that we do here. Jesus Christ is the most important individual, not the person that stands on the stage. I just want to pray. You give us that sense for us to stand firm, to become soldiers like, like Paul told Timothy, that we just continue to stand firm in this thing that You've given us. And from this moment on, it's about us saying, Amen. So your will be done. What, you, what would You have us to do tonight? For some in this place, maybe it is to take the message that they've received, the thing that they've been given, and pass it along to somebody else. For some in this place, maybe it's time to stake that claim and say yes to Jesus for the first time. I know there's individuals in this room that still, even hearing in night after night, still have yet to respond. Still sit there and just continue to reject. And Lord, I'm just praying tonight... Maybe there's something that you're stirring within them. Maybe it sounds like crazy talk about a man who's just going to say, whatever your will be done. Maybe it sounds like something maybe we would like to get involved in. <laughs> Lord, I'm just praying. Wherever we are in the spectrum today, maybe there's some that need to take that step on their own today. I don't know. Whatever it might be, we're just asking you for guidance and for strength, for direction. And we're just going to say amen to what you've been showing us. And Lord, we're just going to take a few moments of silence just between us and you. Just one-on-one. -on -one. We're just going to take a few moments of silence and give these things to you. What have you been saying? What do we need to say yes to you? How do we need to respond tonight? Father, I don't know what you're saying in this room, but you do. You're looking into every heart, inspecting each and every one of us. Just let our lives be acceptable to you, like it says in the Psalms. Let the meditations of our heart, just praying that you're going to continue to allow us to just look for you 
And again, I want to thank you for the time that you've given me here. The season that you've given me on this stage. And I'm just praying tonight, you're going to continue to just build on the things that you've been placing, the, the bricks that you've put in place here. You're just going to continue to do mighty things. And I'm just going to thank you for each one that you brought here. And I'm praying for what you're doing in each man and each woman that's in this room tonight. I just want to continue to thank you, praise you for this mission, ask for your peace on this property today and in the days and weeks that lie ahead. Just giving you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.